Welcome to Setting Captives Free podcast. Jesus said, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. But many people wonder, how can I be free from things I've struggled with all my life? Anger, impurity, anxiety, depression, fear, gluttony, and so on. Well, today, Eric Hurt and Mike Cleveland study a passage of Scripture that will help you enjoy the freedom that Jesus died to give you. Greetings all, this is Mike Cleveland, and I am delighted today to be with my brother in the Lord, Eric Hurt. Eric, welcome. It is so good to see you, brother, and to do another podcast. Mike, I am just so thankful to be here with you again, face-to-face, and uh, rejoicing in the gospel of Jesus Christ with you, and looking forward to talking about it with you and with our audience today. Amen. Well, you've written a book, and the book is called The Gospel for the Church, and it's a powerful book, every paragraph packed with the gospel, your audience, the church. And the reason, because the church has, in essence, whole scale left the message of the cross, and we want to see it return. The reason is the power that's contained in the message of the cross, the accompanying Holy Spirit. And that's what we're going to talk about today, brother, is the spirit flowing from the cross. And that's why we want to return to this message, why we want sermons to be filled with the message of the cross. And it's because of the power, the supernatural resurrection power of the message of the cross. It's it's unlike any message the world has. It's not a Dr. Phil message. It's not an Oprah message because that has no power to change a human heart or transform a marriage or change a life, or set a captive free. But we have this message, Eric, and I'm looking forward to going through this with you. And so we'll start with one of the promises of Jesus in John 7, 38, which simply says, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And Eric, that's amazing because previously we had hearts of stone where nothing could flow, that were continually evil, all the time, wickedness coming from our hearts, sexual impurity, anger, um, gluttony, greed, gossip, all that flowed from our hearts, didn't it? So what makes this change, brother? What? How is it that out of our hearts will now flow rivers of living water? Well, brother, you have given such an awesome introduction. That was so wonderful and powerful because you're right. There is only one message that can change uh, an entire covenant and in uh, the entire history and our entire lives. Uh, You know, I experienced exactly what you were saying. Uh, Out of my heart at one time came only evil all the time. I couldn't do anything else, Mike. I had a heart of stone. Uh, In fact, I was dead. I was actually dead in my sins and trespasses, and I acted like it. Everything that came out uh, was death. Uh, There was no life in it, in my words. And and so it was belief. It is believing uh, 
the new covenant. It's believing in the shed blood of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. Mike, I'd like to put a period on that and, and say, as along with that, the resurrection of Christ to complete the circuit of the gospel. And Jesus paid for every sin that we might become new, uh, that we might receive this exchange, this new heart, this new life. And, and therefore, your heart of stone is removed. Uh, no longer from your heart will these things come out again, but the river of living water. Uh, not to say that we can't have attitudes or thoughts in our minds, but we're made completely new inside. Uh, Mike, this is incredible. This is the only message that can do it. Believing this message, believing that Jesus's sacrifice was enough. His resurrection was enough. That because he lives, we also will live new lives. Mike, this is an exciting message. Uh, this is a, a, a life transforming message. There is nothing to do, Mike. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful that we can rest in Jesus's finished work? It's wonderful. Um, and the reason is because we get the spirit of God as we believe that message. I, I think about Galatians 3, Eric, and it says that, that anyone whose body is displayed on a tree is cursed. You look at Jesus and he was displayed. He was hung up in public view of all people. He was displayed. And when you walk by a store and you look and they have a display there, that's for the purpose of wanting you to stop and look. And, and this is what Jesus was. He was displayed. But then Galatians 3.14 tells us the reason. Christ was displayed on a tree so that God's blessing promised Abraham might come through Jesus Christ to those who are not Jews. Jesus died so that by our believing, we could receive the spirit that God promised. Eric, that tells you, put faith in the message of Christ crucified for you. And if you do that, you receive the spirit. And Eric, when you get the spirit, you get the power. You get the transformation of life. Everything outside of this message and this spirit is law. And law in 2 Corinthians 3 is described as the ministry of condemnation and the ministry of death and the ministry of lack of transformation. Only when you turn to Christ and look at that display, look at the blood being shed, look at the, the breath being breathed out one last time, look there and see your sin hanging there and your condemnation hanging there and see your old man hanging there, that is your old self hanging there and believe, put faith in it. Even, if, even today, if you see the display and you put faith in it, you receive the spirit and now you get a new heart and now you get transformation, powerful transformation. Eric, this is, I believe, why you wrote this book, right? That's ex exactly right, brother, is, uh, you know, we have experienced this life transforming display of God's only son, you know, and God wanted to make sure that this display catches your attention and that you put faith in him, not faith in anything you do. You said it so well. I love to hear you speak about this gospel because 
we do when we believe the message of this cross and Jesus's powerful resurrected life where he can never die again. He paid for our sins. He buried them in the, in the grave. And, but Mike, it's not enough to just believe it. We have to believe that we joined Jesus there with him, that we were crucified with him, that the old man was buried in the grave. This doesn't just apply to somebody else. Well, you know, this isn't power. You know, this, this doesn't apply to me. No, we have to believe that it does apply to us because God said it does. If we believe in it, we need to believe in it and trust that Jesus died for us personally, not for Jim down the street or Joe next door. This is for us. This is the message for the church to believe and continually believe because we need Jesus's continual power in our lives. And we have it. <laughs> we have it if we believed in this message. We have new life. We have a new heart. We have a new spirit and we have God's spirit living in us. Meaning what? That we have already followed Jesus to the cross with our own. Uh, that we've died with him, we're buried and raised to new life. Now, Mike, this is, this is an astonishing message. Uh, this is a message of complete, absolute new life. This yeah. is we're living from the spirit who lives in us from our life is not our own anymore right? We've been crucified with Christ, and the old man no longer lives. Now Christ lives in us. How yes. amazing is that? Yes. To, have, to have God living in us? I mean, we're the temple, brother. We have the Spirit living in us. This That's is right. an amazing message. And the Spirit living in us is a river flowing out of us, uh, through us, this river that never ceases, like the blood of Jesus that never coagulates in the sense of ongoing work in the believer's heart in life. And one of the things I love that you did uh, is to compare 1 Corinthians 15, 3 with 1 Thessalonians 1, 6 to 8, because we're talking about a flowing river. And in lesson seven of your book, under questions three and four, you quote this, First uh, Corinthians fifteen three. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received. So notice how Paul's flowing with the river. He received the message of the cross that he's about to describe, and then he delivered to them. That's a river. You receive it and you give it. And then you compare that with First Thessalonians one six to eight, showing that the Thessalonians first welcomed the message of the cross, and then the message rang out from them. What's that? That's a flowing river. When you welcome a message and it rings out from you, you're flowing now. See, under the law, it was a dam that stopped up all flow because you were focused on trying to live right and to do better and to work harder and to fulfill all the admonitions of scripture. There was no flow. You were a hard-hearted, stone-hearted person who had no river. But under the new covenant, where you get a new heart and you hear the message of the cross and get a new spirit within you, you begin to flow. Why? You receive the message of the cross. You take your stand on it, and then you give it out to others because you can't keep it in. Guess what? The river has overflowed the banks. The river has overflowed the dam. 
The river continues to flow. You welcome the message. You welcome it with open arms. And you then give out the message. It rings out from you. And this is the joy, Eric, of having this flowing river. Uh, and it pours out to others. You can't contain it. It's not like you say, I'm going to go witness today. It flow. It overflows. It's a, it's a river that crashes down all any kind of obstacle in its way. It's the Holy Spirit living through you and calling others to the cross. And, and I just love that you compared these two because you really illustrated your point here today. That's so well said, brother. We need to see our identity, our new identity here. Like you said, you know, we become, we receive and then we pour out. And this is why all of our relationships are affected. God has completely restored our relationship with him through the cross, through the spirit he's given us, through that which, which we have received by believing and now rings out from us the message of the cross in everything. In other words, we also, we receive God's love from the cross and the spirit in his resurrection power poured out into our lives as, as it says in Romans 5, and hope does not put to shame put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And like you so well said, it breaks the dam, doesn't it? And now we're able to love our wives. We're able to love others. How? With the love that has been poured into us. This changes everything. This changes every relationship. We need to see that this is our new identity in Christ we're not part of the old. It's completely been crucified and buried. This is your new life in Christ. And when we live it out, it's amazing. My marriage has never been the same since. Just never. We're continuing to grow, of course. We're continuing to learn, of course. We still stumble and fall, of course. But Mike, our lives have been radically been made completely new. The old, dead, buried and put to rest forever. And we've been raised with this new life, this river living in us, the spirit being poured into us, God's love pouring in and pouring out, like you said, so well. And wherever we go, we're a witness. We don't have to plan to go. I'm going to go out and I'm going to witness. No, everywhere I go, God is in me. He's with me. He'll never leave me, nor any other believer for that matter. And wherever we go, there he is. And we can always, we always are, uh, uh, have this ministry in our hearts and on our tongue uh, mm -hmm. at all times. Let me ask you this question. Um, and one thing I love about your book is the practical application of this gospel. So let me ask you this, Eric, and, and you know, people could just go ahead and get the book and that would answer this question. If you go to Amazon and you look for the Gospel for the Church by Eric Hurt, uh, you will be able to just get the book and, and have the answer. But, you know, a lot of people will say, um, I hear you. I hear that it's, you know, believing in Jesus and his death on the cross. And I did that when I was five and I walked and I got baptized and, and all that. But I'm struggling. I, I, and Eric, you and I would agree that we still struggle with sin. We're, we're not saying that we have become perfect in our living. 
um, God is still making us holy, whom he has made perfect forever. So um, we are continuing to grow, mature. Um, what would you say to somebody who says, I still struggle? I believe what you're saying, but um, you're talking like, you know, my marriage is so perfect and it's, you know, you're not, I know that, but you're just saying that, you know, the experience of transformation is very real and it affects every area. But what about me who still struggles? What do I need to do? Well, that's a really, really good question, Mike. We all struggle in many ways. Um, and we're always going to struggle because we have flesh. Uh, we have, uh, you know, we're still being made. Uh, we're growing and learning from infancy into maturity. And on this side, we're going to struggle. Well, we're going to have struggles, but what we need to see as well is that we're already been made, we've already been made right at the cross through this death and resurrection. Yes, we're going to have struggle. And it's still the grace of God working in us that teaches us to say no to sin. And so we go to the one who, uh, who was tempted in every way we were, but without sin, who's that? Well, that's Christ himself. So he's the beginning of our faith. He's the end of our faith. He's the one that we go to when we struggle with, with various sin and struggles that we all have. And, and we recognize that he has already paid uh, for that sin as well. It sounds too good to be true. Uh, but we don't need to wallow in, in uh, our stumbling. Uh, we need to look back and remember the work that he did on the cross was finished. It was complete. It was enough. It was one time. And uh, so we don't have to, uh, we're not like uh, in and then out. Um, we're in, we're in Christ and he's in us and that's never going to change. So even through our stumbling and through our sinning, uh, not that we're, you know, it's an excuse. Oh, I can just keep on stumbling and sinning. Paul addressed that. He said, what shall we do? This grace is so amazing, it keeps going higher and higher. What shall we do? Keep on sinning that Christ, uh, that, that's, um, that grace may keep abounding over it? No, certainly not. How can we who died continue in it? Amen. We're alive now in Christ. We're forgiven. We're free. So we, we have to see our identity really, really clearly. Yes. Um, that, that we're satisfied and that we're secure in Christ. Yes, that's a beautiful answer. Thorough, very thorough answer. If I can summarize, look at the cross again. Uh, see afresh, remember anew what happened there to you. Remember that you died with Christ. Remember that you're forgiven, which means your debt is paid. It is finished the high priest in the Old Testament could never sit down, even though there was a mercy seat right there. He could never sit on it because his work was never finished. But when Christ died on the cross and washed us from our sins, he ascended to the Father and sat down at the right hand of God. It is finished. You are forgiven. And remember that, that you're forgiven eternally, that you don't have to keep coming back and ask for your debt to be paid. Oh God, I sinned. Please pay my debt. No, your debt was paid. 
And you will never be condemned because Jesus was condemned in your place. You quote this song, Eric, I've got a river of life flowing out of me. And one of the things I like about this song is that it makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. It opens prison doors. It sets the captives free. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. What we're talking about here is spiritual power, the power of the Holy Spirit to do this work. Those who were captive are freed. Those who were invalid can walk and leap and jump for joy. Uh, and it all comes as you come to the cross and experience anew the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and so this is what we're talking about today. Eric, as we bring this to a close, um, I want to leave with an encouragement to join us on the next one. And the reason I say that, you're going to illustrate what we just talked about. In an illustration, a picture is worth a thousand words. We're going to see it happen. You come to the cross, you get the Holy Spirit, your thirst is quenched, and you're satisfied and content now in Christ. Brother, if you would pray for someone who just said those words of, I'm still struggling, I'm a believer, but I don't seem to have the river that's making the captive free, that's um, enabling the invalid to jump and leap. And, and I just ask you to pray for them, would you, brother? Absolutely. Thank you so much, Mike. Our Father in heaven, we, we do. We thank you so much for the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. The one-time sacrifice, that's all it took because Jesus was the perfect Lamb of God. Um, and he took away the sins of the world. He removed it entirely as far as the east is from the west and then gave us his righteousness. He became sin and then imparted his righteousness to us, gave us uh, a new heart, a new spirit, and then his spirit living in us. And so, Lord, what we're really doing is learning to live from the heart which you gave us. And though we stumble and fall, we recognize that we cannot, we cannot fall out of your love. We cannot fall out of your grip. We cannot fall too far because your blood draw, drew us near. And our falling isn't more powerful than your blood. Your blood, your one-time sacrifice, the shed blood of Jesus Christ is so powerful. It draws people far near. How could you, you can't leave us. You'll never leave us. You'll never forsake us. You promised that. And when you're living in us, how far could we go? You're with us wherever we go. And so, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that this maybe one or two people listening or more uh, that, that feel, they feel like they're far. They feel like when they sin, you're, you're mad and that, you, you know, you have to forgive them over again. But we ask, Lord, that they would look at the cross and see their new identity. Um, see that it was paid for entirely they would see and begin to live from their new heart. They would begin to continue to live from the spirit that you have poured into them, the love that you have poured into them, the, that they would see the new, their new identity in Christ, Christ in them, them in Christ. 
And who can separate us from this incredible love? Can our sin do it? No, because you, your blood was shed that forgave every sin and drew us near. How could any other power separate us? It would be impossible. And so, Lord, may this be the thinking um, of, of those who hear and, and of us every day as we bask in our new lives given in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This has been a podcast of Setting Captives Free. For more information or to enroll in free interactive courses on finding freedom, please go to settingcaptivesfree.com. Tune in next time for more truth that sets captives free.